0: We've been in Luke 22 and 23 and 24 for the last six weeks. We're going to wrap that up today by looking at the last chapter in the Gospel of Luke. So I'd like to invite you to take your Bible out and look at that with me. If you have a Bible there, open it or open up your phone or grab a Bible out of the chair. I think it's a little longer passage. I think you'll enjoy it more if you follow along with me as we read it. Luke chapter 24. So we're in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, the last chapter, 24. I'm going to start reading with verse 13, Luke 24:13. But before I read it, I want to offer this prayer to you. The Lord be with you. Now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. And as they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them. But they were kept from recognizing him. He asked them, What are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast, and one of them named Cleopas asked him, Are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? What things, Jesus asked. And they replied, About Jesus of Nazareth, he was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was going to be the one who would redeem Israel. And what is more, it's the third day since all this took place, and some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said, he was alive. And then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see Jesus. Then Jesus said to them, How foolish you are, and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. And as they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he was going farther. But they urged him strongly, Stay with us, for it's nearly evening, the day's almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and then he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scripture to us? They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven and those who were assembled with them together, saying, it's true, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon." Then the two who had happened on the way and told them about how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. This is God's word and it's true and we can rely on it. So I'm wondering if you're the kind of person who ever runs into someone at Fairway or Walmart or Target and they say, hey, and they call you by name and then you look at them and you have no idea who they are. Maybe the better question to ask is, how often does that happen to you? It happens to me all the time. I was recently going into Menards over by the garden department, the garden center, and there was some guy loading a bunch of bushes into the back of his pickup truck, and he said, hi, Kent. And I looked at him and I said, hi, buddy. (laughs) Which is a clue if I ever address any of you as buddy. I forgot, and he knew that I didn't know, and so he helped me out, and he said, Dr. Joel. So then I knew right away who it was. Dr. Joel's my dentist, and I'm used to seeing him wearing scrubs and a mask and the glasses with the really big thing, lenses on them, and I'm looking up at his, kind of up his nose at an angle with a numb lip. That's the context in which I usually see Dr. Joel. I'm I'm not used to seeing him at Menard's. So seeing people in the proper context helps a lot with recognition. When they're out of context, we don't get them. I once saw a guy at an airport um, waiting lounge in Orlando, Florida. And Mary and I were there, and I'm looking at this guy, and I'm, I know that guy. That guy, I know him, but I could not put my finger on it. Days later, I yelled from across the house to Mary, It was the vet! which caught Mary by surprise and made my dogs run into their kennels. (laughs) I said to Mary, the guy we saw at the airport was the V-E-T. That's who it was. So I wonder if context was the problem with these guys who were walking the road to Emmaus. They didn't expect to see Jesus walking seven miles to Emmaus. The context they had in mind for Jesus was Jesus crucified, Jesus nailed to a cross, Jesus dead in a tomb. That's the context that they had for Jesus. A risen Jesus out of the context. They had no idea that was coming. Maybe they thought the guy seemed familiar, and I kind of wondered if they greeted him on the road. Hey, buddy, come join us. And as they walk along and start talking to Jesus, I want so bad for them to recognize him. I'm thinking, they got to figure this out. they got to, just like you want to figure it out when you're standing there at Fairway and can't put a name with a face. The story continues, and they actually start talking about Jesus. Now, this started to blow my mind this week when I was thinking. They say to Jesus, haven't you heard? At late, first they say, are you the only guy in Jerusalem who doesn't know about this? And then Jesus kind of eggs him on and says, What? What happened? And they said, well, everyone was talking about Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and the people. He was handed over to be sentenced to death, and he was crucified. And I think they're so close. They're describing who he is right to his very face. Maybe they should blurt out, J-E-S-U-S. This is who they're talking to. I think Jesus maybe should help them out, but he doesn't seem to at this point want to help them out. Instead, he just keeps egging them on. Tell me more about what happens. And they give their lament. We had such high hopes. We thought he was the one. We thought he was going to rescue us, that he was going to rescue Israel. And then they start telling the resurrected one about the resurrection. Some women of our group astounded us, they say. They went there early this morning and they found that his body was not in the tomb they came back and they told us about it and then indeed they had visions of angels who said he was alive and some of us went and looked in the tomb just like they said it was empty but we did not see him they did not see jesus and the two on the road don't see it either all this time this is a long walk 7 miles i don't know how long does it take you to hike 7 miles amy a, a long time <laughs> I'm not telling okay and they fail to recognize Jesus. And it's kind of a frustrating scene as I'm reading through this passage. And Like, yeah, come on, you guys. You should be able to get this. I really want them to recognize Jesus. Imagine, if you would, if you had all the evidence of a risen Jesus. Like all the promises that he gave. Because there was many times when Jesus said, you know, I'm going to be handed over I'm going to be crucified. I'm going to die, and then I'm going to rise again. Jesus had said this frequently, including in Luke chapter nine. He said, "The Son of Man will undergo great suffering and be rejected, and He will be killed, and on the third day He will be raised." You can't get much clearer than that if you're making a prediction about the future. Imagine hearing these women come back, and they're like, "There was no body there. The stone was rolled away. The tomb was empty." Imagine you have heard the story and you run to the tomb to see it with your own eyes. You want to verify this and yes, in fact, the place where he was buried is empty. And then angels did appear and imagine if you had this clue. The angel says, remember, remember Jesus said this, the Son of Man must be handed over to sinners and be crucified and on the third day he'll raise again. Imagine having all that evidence and now The risen Jesus is right in front of you. So have you ever thought, what would it take for you to recognize the resurrected Jesus? What would it take? What would you need to see or hear or experience to go, Oh, that's Jesus. I see it. He's he's risen. Well, listen to what happens next. I'm going to jump down in Luke 24 to the next little paragraph of the story. And this is going to take us back to Jerusalem. Remember, he disappeared from the two who were having dinner in Emmaus. And then the next thing we read is this. While the disciples were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said, Peace be with you. And they were startled and frightened, thinking that they saw a ghost. And Jesus said to them, Why are you troubled and Why do doubts rise up in your minds? Look at my hands and my feet. It is I myself. Touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones. You see that I have. When he said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they still did not believe it, because of joy and amazement, he asked them, Do you have anything to eat? And so they gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it, and he ate it in their presence. Now, this is an amazing story. Jesus appears out of nowhere in a locked, we presume, locked upper room, standing there with the disciples. They, they're talking to him, having a conversation. They touch his scars on his hands and his feet. Um, one of the other Gospels talk about them touching the wound on his side. They, they physically they manhandle him. They eat dinner with him. This kind of physical encounter with Jesus seems really important in this moment because these disciples are wrestling with believing. Do they recognize Jesus? Do they believe it's really him? This actually becomes very important in our story of our faith. Paul makes a really big deal about this in 1 Corinthians 15. I want to describe a little bit of this. I'll read part of the passage so you see the significance of it. 1 Corinthians 15 starts out this way. Now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel that I preached to you, which you have received and on which you have taken your stand. This is like the key stuff. This is the most important stuff. By this gospel, Paul says, you are saved if you hold firmly to the word I preached to you. Otherwise, you believe in vain. For what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures, and that he appeared to Peter and then to the Twelve, and then he appeared to more than 500 brothers and sisters. Most of them are still alive. More than 500 people had the opportunity to touch Jesus after the resurrection to talk to him, to eat with him, to hold his hand. We learn from Luke, uh, his other writing in the New Testament, which is the book of Acts, we learn that Jesus continues to hang out with people in this physical form for 40 days until the ascension. And then Luke 1 talks about Jesus ascending to heaven. And we actually know surprisingly little about these 40 days. There's only about four things that we know. First, we know that Jesus walked to Emmaus with these two disciples. Then we know that Jesus met with the disciples in the upper room and revealed himself to them for the first time. And then we know that Jesus had breakfast with his disciples on a beach somewhere. And then we know that Jesus met with them and gave them a great commission right before he ascended to heaven. That's it, 40 days. that really got me thinking, and it seemed very amazing and kind of baffling in a way, that in these final six weeks when Jesus was alive, the gospel writers don't really tell us anything new about Jesus. Everything they needed to tell us, everything they wanted to tell us about Jesus was already told. And then, oh, by the way, he lived another 40 days, but we don't know too much about it. I find that very amazing, and I actually find that very encouraging. because Jesus was right here on earth, the resurrected Lord and King, and and Luke, who was a very skilled storyteller and a reporter trying to get all the facts, getting everything we need to know down in detail, Luke didn't think there was anything else worth telling from those 40 days. And for that matter, neither did Matthew, Mark, or John. So I find that very encouraging, and for this reason. Everything we need to know to discover who Jesus is, is right here. And Luke makes this point clear, and so does the book of Acts, and so does Paul, that all we need to do if we really want to recognize Jesus, if we really want to encounter him, we don't need a physical appearance, we don't need to walk on the road to Emmaus. We don't need that. We've got it all right here. Everything's right here. And Jesus opened up these scriptures to those two disciples on the way to Emmaus and their hearts burned within them as he did that. That they started to recognize who Jesus really was and what he has accomplished. And that same thing is possible for each of us to go to this word, to go to the scriptures and see how from the beginning to the end, it's all about the risen Jesus. That's all about Jesus as Lord and King. Every page, every verse, every chapter, every promise, every prophetic utterance, every story, every parable, everything pointing to the risen Jesus so that we'll recognize him, so that we'll know who he is, so that we'll know that he's the King of kings and Lord of lords. It's all right there. And so if we don't yet recognize Jesus, there's one more thing that maybe needs to happen, and that would be this. The power of the Holy Spirit has to come upon us so that we can begin to see these truths and have them sink deep in our heart so that as we go on this journey, we maybe haven't prepared by bringing anything else with us, but we have our heart. And deep within our heart, the Holy Spirit's working to help us recognize and believe this. We have this beautiful promise in Acts 1.8. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And that promise is unleashed in Acts chapter 2 when the Holy Spirit does pour out on the disciples and their lives are transformed. They receive power to recognize Jesus for who he really is. They receive power to believe and not doubt, to to plant their faith in Jesus Christ. They receive power to boldly proclaim the risen Jesus to everyone who's lived, the huge crowd that's there. They receive power to welcome that day 3,000 people who put their faith in Jesus Christ and the church was born and started that day. They received power to carry on the mission that Jesus gave them. Jesus said, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Sumeria and to the ends of the earth. And after he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes in a cloud and he was hidden from their sight and Jesus was gone. It's wonderful and Amazing to me that we have this record of this walk to Emmaus and this record of Jesus meeting with his disciples and his eating a little fish with them. And then the next thing that's notable is 40 days later, he ascends to heaven. And it's wonderful and amazing to me that the Holy Spirit then, after Jesus leaves, fires up the disciples so that they love Jesus even more and they follow him even more carefully And it's wonderful and amazing that we are also invited into this same story in the same way that they were. And it's wonderful and amazing to me that we can access this life-changing story with something as mundane as reading, dwelling in the Word, letting God and His Spirit reveal to us through all of Scriptures how this points to Jesus Christ, Lord of Lords, king of kings. And then all that's left for us to do is then the following. Just follow him. And if you want some ideas about following, then I'd say let's just dive right back into Luke chapter 24. Here we see two exhausted and discouraged disciples trudging seven miles home from Jerusalem. We don't know why they left Jerusalem and the other disciples, but maybe that's all they could think to do. And then lo and behold, Jesus meets them on the way. While they're trudging, he doesn't come to them in Jerusalem. He doesn't wait for them to get home. He walks with them. And as he walks with them, he listens to their story. He's right smack in the middle of their pain and their confusion and their uncertainty. And he meets them even though they don't recognize him. And he opens up the scriptures and he starts to explain how all these words point to Jesus risen from the dead. Jesus, King of kings and Lord of lords. And then he helps them make sense of all of Scripture. And then he helps them make sense of their life. And then he eats with them. And then he reveals himself to them. And they see Jesus. And then Jesus is gone. So they get up and they go back seven miles at night, which would have been a very dangerous proposition, because they couldn't keep it to themselves. They had to go tell somebody. It's news that's too good to keep. We could do worse than that if we want to follow Jesus. Meet people where they're at. Help them make sense out of their lives. Help them understand Scripture. Share a meal together. Tell the good news of the risen Jesus to everybody who will listen. That's not a bad pattern to follow. And I'm pretty sure that if we lived like this, that just might give the whole world enough context to recognize Jesus. Lord God, we come to you today and we give you thanks for your word. And we thank you that your word is revealing who you are to us. And God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would come upon us and continue to uh, open our hearts to these truths and continue to shape us and mold us so that we love you more and more and follow you better and better. In Jesus' name, amen.